This week's terrific episode of Election Profit Makers is sponsored by Bloom Farms Wellness. Bloom Farms Wellness makes CBD products to help you relax and improve the quality of your life. Products include balms, tinctures, vapes. Let's talk about tinctures for a moment. They sent me something called the Dream Tincture. Put two drops under my tongue for a good night's sleep. It works. They also sent me a little vape pen for relaxation. All their stuff is grown and produced in the USA. No solvents, no additives, nice packaging, I must say. They also have, this is very nice, a give back program. For every product sold by Bloom Farms, they donate one healthy meal to a family in need. Since 2015, they have donated three million meals. Get in on the action, improve the quality of your life, do a good thing. Go to this website, bloomfarmswellness.com slash EPM for 15% off your order. That's bloomfarmswellness.com slash EPM. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on current events and political outcomes. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. My name's Kid Midas, the original wave rider. I'm joined on the line by one and only Long John Silva, helicopter Tony, college football maniac, John Kimball. Hey, John, how's it going? Hey, how are you doing, David? How's everyone out there in podcast land? Speaking for myself, I'd say I'm doing pretty well. The Emmys were last night. That's Hollywood's time to shine. And as a current resident of aforementioned uh, Tinseltown, I can tell you the entire city is awash in Emmy fever. Congratulations to Ted Lasso. Congratulations to the Queen's Gambit. Congratulations to all the TV stars and talents who shone so brightly at last night's Emmy Awards. We're recording this on a Monday. I'm still quite hungover from the exclusive after party I went to at the Television Hall of Fame at my friend Brad's house. <laughs> a little joke there, of course. I didn't go to an after party. In fact, I didn't even watch the Emmys. <gasps> Pause for audience to drive their cars off the road in absolute scandalized shock. How could David Reese, a TV industry insider, not watch the Emmys on television? I don't know. I guess I just had other things to do, like pick and eat my own boogers, for instance. <laughs> Zing! Last Minute Emmy Award. Best monologue. Kid Midas, the original wave rider. This week, we have a lot to discuss. The final end results of the California recall. We also have an update on the Wuhan oven mitt that captivated a nation last week. We have a lot of updates from the great state of North Carolina. John Kimball is going to tell us about some late developments in college football. We have some interesting listener questions. And we also have an announcement. This Thursday, September 24th, at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, we are going to host another Election Profit Makers movie watch party. We haven't done one of these since I watched the pedal documentary a few months ago. We have chosen the movie. We're going to watch it live, and you can listen along via Discord. If you want to join the Discord, go to patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Sign up to become a Patreon. You'll get a link to join our uh, Election Profit Makers Discord, and then you will be able to listen along as John and I watch one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years, the 2015 horror thriller Green Room. It's basically a punk rock horror movie, but I think it has a lot of interesting things to say about life under the Trump administration and life in America, even though it was made before the Trump administration even existed. Mm-hmm. Now, we should say, John, 
if I have kids and I love to listen to John and David talk about movies, should I sit down with my kids and watch Green Room with them? Probably not. It's violent. This is R-rated movie. So take advice, take that under advisement if you're deciding whether you want to watch or with whom you want to watch it. So that is Thursday, September 24th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, EPM Movie Watch Party, Green Room with expert commentary by John and David. Yeah, put it on your calendar. And if you're not a Patreon member, take care of that beforehand. John, let's get to the news. Of which there is, as always, an abundance. I mean, the number one thing, I think, is the update on uh, the Wuhan oven mitt. Last week, I told a story about ordering a uh, drum machine on the internet and receiving in its stead an oven mitt. I want to thank everyone, all our listeners who reached out with similar stories. This is that this is an online scam that I was only too eager to fall for. Obviously, really? my enthusiasm. It was a scam. It- Yes, John, it wasn't, a, what were you, you said it was like an honest mistake. Oh, they probably typed a number in wrong when they were processing your order. Okay, so it's a scam. All right, so I was naive. I really thought that it was on the up and up when you received an oven mitt instead of a drum kit. Drum maker. machine. Drum machine, my drum machine. Listen to some of the things that other listeners received. One listener said that they ordered a synthesizer and received a sponge. You think that was an innocent mistake, John? <laughs> One of our listeners' uh, relatives wanted to want, ordered a puzzle table, like a folding table to do puzzles on. Instead, they received a box with four puzzle pieces inside. Oh, they gained. Yeah, <laughs> that feels a little mean. We had one person who wrote in and said they had ordered one of those little teenage engineering pocket operator synthesizers. He ordered one of these for a great price, and instead he received a single piece of cloth. Okay, those sound like rip You're saying these are all innocent mistakes? No, because nobody would order a couple puzzles pieces or a piece of cloth. Well, I don't know. Maybe if it was a big enough piece of cloth, maybe they would. Or a sponge. Yeah, people order sponges. That That sponge could be a mistake, but yeah, probably not. So here's the update. I contacted PayPal and requested a refund and instantly received a refund. Da, 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 da. I didn't have to mail the oven mitt back to China. I didn't have to figure out the correct address. I didn't have to pay through the nose for postage. I didn't have to wait months and months as my claim was processed. PayPal instantly gave me a refund. Okay, so here's my question. How is this a scam? Uh, did, they, did, did the people in Wuhan still get to keep their money and PayPal's out of, out of the money? Who who, lo- who loses here? I think the people in China lose. I have a feeling that PayPal is probably receiving more and more notices like this and is now cracking down. I have a feeling that the that this scam's golden age is behind us. Yeah. And it's now running on empty. Yeah, it's like a lot of things. You can, you can pull that trick play off once mm. and then you have to wait a long time before you do it again. That is the um, final chapter of the Wuhan Oven Mitt update. Although... Keep that Wuhan oven mitt in mind because you might be seeing it a little later in this episode, okay? Now, we have a correction to make, John. If you go to the top of the outline, what do you see there? If there's a we were last week we were talking about Waiting for Godot, the famous play by right. By, um, Samuel Beckett. Waiting for Godot, it says has more than two characters. 
I had said there were only two characters, but in addition to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, there are also three other characters who pop around and bop up and down and have fun and tumble and tumble and tickle. So I apologize to everybody who wrote in to say that Waiting for Godot has more than two characters. I think we can safely say Waiting for Godot has two main characters. How about that? Two mm -hmm. main characters. I apologize. I only saw it once. It was a long time ago, and, and uh, boy, what a play. Have you ever seen that play, John? It's called Waiting for Godot. No. No. Okay. Well, we should see it sometime. Maybe we could do a re reading of it. Okay. It's really like, oh, I'm, I'm, doesn't matter. It's so boring. It doesn't. It's one of those things that's very important, and then you look at it, and you're like, why is this important? Anyway. When did you see it? I saw it at this in college. Uh, prestigious uh, liberal arts college in Ohio because one of our friends was one of the main characters. He was basically starring in it. And all I remember is that in the very last scene, the last thing he said was, we're waiting for Godot. At least that's how I remember it. And they were standing under an old piece of shit tree. That's my memory of waiting for Godot. John, let's move on. We had some political news this week. Uh, the California recall. It happened. It finally happened. But there was, there was no recall. It, it failed miserably as predicted, as expected. And uh, I made money. I hope everyone else made some money out there. Uh, I guess the the actual market is will Newsom still be governor on December 31st of this year. So the market won't close until the 31st. The market I was in for the recall has has closed already. That market was a different one. That one was will Gavin Newsom be recalled in 2021. I had a $200 uh, payout on a 100 something dollar investment. You made money I made money. You made a bunch of jokes in the private text thread to me that night. These are my exclusive Gavin Newsom recall jokes. Um, and again, if anyone out there is a late night TV host with an audience of more than 10 million people, hit me up. I will come on stage and tell these jokes. John, in real life, you know the Emmys were last night. The Emmy Awards, where they celebrate the best in television. Uh-huh. Uh, they had a special award last night. It was Best Comedy. The Larry Elder Show was the winner of that prize. The Larry Elder Show was the best comedy. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> okay, moving on. John, did you hear about that recall election out there in California? Uh-huh. Well, Gavin Newsom certainly took Larry Elder to the cleaners. More specifically, should I say, the French Laundry? Yes. That's good. <clears throat> Larry Elder getting... Uh, <clears throat> French, oh, no. getting French, becoming a French. Oh, let me see how I can convey this idea in my mind. Larry Elder getting the old French laundry treatment. I hope he likes detergent that smells like Chardonnay. Okay. <laughs> you know, a lot of people were second guessing Gavin Newsom's decision to urge his supporters to not pick a re potential replacement if the recall went through. Gavin Newsom told his supporters to just vote no on the recall and to skip the second question. Nate Silver, in particular, thought that was a horrible idea that would increase the chances of Gavin Newsom being recalled. Although, in the end, it looks like Gavin knew something that Nate Silver didn't. Hello. <clears throat> Thank you very much. 
Let me click over to Zoom and see how John reacted to that joke. Yeah, that's good. I'll say it again. This time, uh, now that I'm watching you on Zoom, I'll say it okay. again to get your authentic reaction. Okay. All right. Uh, in the end, it looks like Gavin knew something that Nate Silver <laughs> didn't. Ah, uh, knew something. Right? Yeah. That's good. If Nate, if Nate Silver keeps making um, these pronouncements that turn out to not come true, maybe he'll have to change his name to Nate Bronze. Oh, thank you. Silver medal, bronze medal, bronze worse than silver, hence the joke. Well, everybody, um, <clears throat> thank you for enjoying my recall jokes. They're not quite done. I'm going to share a couple more with you. Um, well, it looks like radio host Larry Elder, <laughs> who ran to be the governor of California, uh, he's been many things. He's been a radio host. He's been an abusive partner. He's been an anti-vaxxer. But one thing he won't be is an elder statesman. Yeah. Like, yep. That's okay. good. Good. That's I'm funny. Try different I'll try a different delivery. One thing he won't be is an elder statesman. No, I think I, would, I was perfect the first time. I'm not going to try to change it. Okay. Elder care. <laughs> More like elder scare because he almost won. I don't know. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. I have a joke. It's a really terrific joke. Halloween's coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, everyone's got their costumes ready. I'm going as something really scary. Larry Elder, Elder Scare Nursing Home Medicare. How's that? Yes. Okay. Uh, let me get back. Uh, yeah, let, me, uh, let me get back to my list. Okay. Oh, there's more? Uh, the state of California, I don't know if you folks saw this, they spent uh, $276 million on this recall election. That's $276 wow. million. Quite a lot of money. Almost as much money as um, a famous movie star would make. Hollywood. That's not the... <laughs> no, that's good. That's not the best joke. I feel like it needs something that's a little... Hollywood. A little... Has really six a knife in it. It's a little more satirical, right? $276 million. Boy, that's quite a, that's quite a, that's quite a lot of money. <laughs> I wonder for that amount of money if maybe, um, I don't know, they could stop all these earthquakes from happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on kind of a serious note. Yeah, it does. Here's, here's another joke. Okay. Um, of course, Larry Elder wasn't the only uh, candidate who was on that ballot to replace Gavin Newsom. Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner was also on the ballot, new to politics. A uh, famous uh, decathlete from the Olympics, Caitlyn Jenner. Unfortunately, she didn't exactly win the gold medal during this contest. Oh, that's good. Is that a joke? I can't yeah, tell. yeah. Okay, okay. Because right. she didn't. Caitlyn Jenner she didn't did. win. Yeah, she didn't win the gold or the silver. Or I'm she, punching it up. Yeah, I know. Or I appreciate the bronze. that. Okay, I like that. She didn't exactly win the gold medal. Or the silver medal. Or the bronze medal. Like that. Yeah. And now one final joke to close out our Gavin Newsom California recall. And never mention this recall again. This was our sixth straight week of talking about the recall. And it's finally come to a close. Folks, uh, you've been a great audience. I'm David. I'm just going to leave you with one, line of, one final thought about the California recall. 
if we really wanted to make a weird conservative radio host unhappy, there's probably a way to do it without having to pay $276 million. You could just call him up on the phone during his show and talk to him in a funny voice. I don't know. That was a yeah, that was a good one to end on. <laughs> that right? was, you always uh, want to leave him wanting more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Goodbye, California Recall. I'm glad that we all made money. I hope they reform the recall system because it seems pretty silly. Here's a North Carolina scene update. Once again, something happened that involves uh, voter ID laws being rejected in the state of North Carolina by another court. This one, a, a North Carolina Superior Court. Judges struck down the state's latest voter, photo voter ID law on Friday, agreeing with minority voters that Republicans basically rammed through these laws using racial bias. This has happened, I don't know. I seriously don't know. It feels like every six months we get another one of these rulings uh, where the Republicans lose, but it continues to cause uh, confusion and chaos and delay. So it, it feels like even though the Republicans lose, they win. One of the things that I would notice when you go out in Canvas in North Carolina is that people absolutely believe that they need a photo ID. People incorrectly now believe that they have to have that in order to vote. Right. I mean, that's a right. great psyops on the part of the Republicans. If they manage yeah. to convince everybody that they need a voter ID. Yeah. I guess, yeah. The, the majority decision followed a three-week trial in April. It will be appealed, obviously, by the Republicans. And uh, But it's it's looking unlikely that the current voter ID law will be enforced in the 2022 elections. Speaking of 2022, John, mm -hmm. as we both know, Madison Cawthorn, the infamous freedom fighter in, North, in Western North Carolina, youngest member of Congress, coolest member of Congress, knifiest member of Congress, uh, is being challenged not only by a bunch of Republicans running against him in the primary, um, but also a bunch of Democrats. Now, our favorite Democrat in that race is Jasmine Beach Ferrara, who went to our high school. Yeah. Last week, I participated in a very exclusive Zoom fundraiser for Jasmine Beach Ferrara that was open to alums of Chapel Hill High School, the school where you and I went to high school, John, if you right. can believe that. Right. I saw former teachers. I saw former classmates. I saw all these people. And then Jasmine Beach Ferrara did some speaking. How did everyone look? Everyone looked so good. I'm, everyone looked terrific, I thought. I don't know really? what they're doing. Moisturizing, I guess. Yeah, moisturizing, clean living. That's why I wasn't on there. You were too embarrassed? Yeah. I was I like, I can't be on there. I don't want to see all these people. You look the same. You look terrific. You look wonderful. Well, I still, I, I'm sorry I missed it. Well, it was a lot of fun. It got me very excited about this election. She admitted that it's a long shot, but she thinks it's doable. Madison Cawthorn has lost some Republican support ever since January 6th. That was not a great look. Right. Jasmine Beach Ferrara says that they're going to focus on just old school door knocking and conversations and stuff like that. Persuasion. She's one of these politicians who just wants to go and talk to 100 people and learn about their life story and then persuade them to vote for her. Yeah, it's not it's not the the 
you know, for a while it was it, the the hot thing was not persuasion. It was just like get out your side, and I was a total believer in it. I right. was like, who cares? I'm not spending any time persuading. We just must get out our side. And it turns out maybe that's not great. So she said, yeah, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough election. I truly think we can do it. And I'm just basically going to walk around and just talk to everybody for the next year. And then she talks about all the, you know, like there's something about when, cause she's, you know, she's a minister, right? In, yeah. in the Unitarian church. You know, when these minister type people start talking and they're like, yeah, I really do think that like in the end, the forces of love are more powerful and can, and that love will win. Yeah. And half of my mind is like, oh my God, come on. What is this? And then the other half of me is just like, I hope you're right. That would be so amazing if it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was that, she's that type of politician. But I, but I came away totally excited ready to do some virtual phone banking, ready to do some fundraising. She also said, hey, if anyone who's no longer living in North Carolina wants to come to Asheville when the election's getting closer and do some door knocking, we'll put you up. Did she? So I don't know, John. Yeah, maybe next maybe next fall you and I are going to go to Asheville and knock on some doors. Yeah, I'd, I'd go to Asheville. Anyway, John, why don't you bring us up to speed on Madison Cawthorn, the enemy what he's been up to, and then we're gonna <sighs> and then we're gonna have some fun with this Wuhan oven mitt. All right, Madison Cawthorn. This week, I think he came out and said he was going to gut OSHA. He said that on Twitter. Yeah, what was it that OSHA did? I can't remember now. OSHA must have done something that he decided to come out to. Well, gut it's, OSHA. I think a lot of Biden's uh, vaccination slash COVID testing stuff is done under the auspices of OSHA. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, ex- yeah, absolutely. Cawthorn also, you know, he's going all over North Carolina, including all these places that are outside his district. But he, I think he did go to a place that was in his district this week. So it was an exception to the rule. He, uh, he, he went to a place that was inside his district this weekend into Henderson County and spoke to the Henderson County school board about... He loves going to these... He loves crashing these school board meetings. To talk about 1776 and its relation to masks and not wearing them and... Mm -hmm. Go on. Yeah, and he was apparently armed with a knife at this... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was photographed with a with a knife in a sheath. I mean, he wasn't brandishing this knife. So let's let's not everybody over- calm down. Madison Cawthorn was not actively brandishing his super tough knife at the school board meeting, but he did have. But it. But let's just say, rest assured, the knife's presence was known. Yes, rest assured, eagle-eyed observers at that school board meeting would notice that Representative Cawthorn did indeed have a very tough knife on his person. Yeah, they asked him about it later on. He said he he, he knew nothing about it, uh, but he apparently has been interviewed in the past and said that he always does carry a knife. So that's Wait, good. He said he he said he knew nothing about the knife, or he knew nothing yeah. about the rule that says you can't bring weapons. No, he said he knew nothing me. about the knife. He said, "Well, I I don't I don't know anything about that." It's like that Shakespeare line where that one guy's like, "Is this a knife I see before me?" He was honestly shocked. Isn't that something from Shakespeare? Is this a knife mm. I see before me? Hold on. I'm going to look that up. Okay. Shakespeare. I like all knife. the theatrical references we're having. Is this a knife I see before me? Let's see what we have here. Oh, it's a dagger. 
Oh, it's from Macbeth. Okay, <clears throat> here it is. So basically, Madison Cawthorn was like, is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand? Come, let me clutch thee. I have thee not, and yet I see thee still. Art thou not, fatal vision, sensible to feeling as to sight? Or art thou but a dagger of the mind, a false creation proceeding from the heat-oppressed brain? That's what Madison Cawthorn was like, John. Mm -hmm. He got too hot, and he started hallucinating about a knife. But it was actually a real knife, so never mind that. Yeah, it was a real knife. And he's been caught with other real weapons, too. Uh, he famously, infamously was retained somewhere, some airport recently, with a gun. So He was trying to get a gun onto a plane. Yeah. In case any terrorists were thinking about hijacking this plane, Representative Madison Cawthorn has a slightly different agenda. Mm -hmm. Because we're in the business of killing terrorists, and soon business will be booming. Actual oh quote God, from Madison Cawthorn. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That was said this year. That was said like two weeks ago. So, yeah. So, Madison Cawthorn is continuing to do his thing. JBF is out there doing her thing. We'll see what happens. Marjorie Taylor Greene did something interesting this week. She really destroyed a car. There's no way to sugarcoat it. There was this Prius that had the word socialism on it. Marjorie Taylor Greene came across this car. And she took out the biggest gun in the world, and the car gained, basically. Yeah. I mean, she totally destroyed it. The car really exploded. And that gun was huge. You could tell the power of that gun, and you could tell the power of that car, because it totally <laughs> blew up. <sighs> I mean, it wasn't fake at all. No, no, that definitely is what, what, that's definitely what happened. Yeah. She shot the Prius with a bullet and then a nuclear bomb went off inside the Prius. Yeah. Some of these other Republican commercials that are, you know, ridiculous, they're like, I got my gun and I got my chainsaw and I got my truck. And I mean, those are kind of ridiculous. And this was ridiculous too, but then she, she actually blew up a car. So... I mean, you got to give some respect to that. So Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and Madison Cawthorn, this is all just identity, identity violence grievance politics for white people. That's their policy. Their policy is I, I'm going to be a public-facing avatar of all your grievances, and that will make you feel so good you won't really care about any material changes that I could or could not make if I was interested in legislating. Smart. I mean, in today's political climate, John— I'm not saying yeah. it's a bad decision. Uh, that's how you win on that side. Now, you and I, because we're the type of people who know all about Waiting for Godot and, and Macbeth, we, we look down our nose at this kind of stuff. And it's like, stop fucking mm -hmm. about. Stop your fucking about. Yeah. But we love to talk about them because we think it's so silly and hateful. We get the same kind of charge out of it that their base does. Just from the other direction, obviously. Right. So it's talking about them because there's nothing to them other than their public pronouncements. In talking about those pronouncements, is that okay for us to do it? Because it's so fun because they just think they're such dipshits. I guess it's okay, right? Yeah, it doesn't make any difference. Nothing matters. Nothing, nothing Hi -ho. we say. Hi-ho, here we go. Someone's been staring into the abyss. Hmm. The abyss is like, hey... Felt cute, might delete later. I'm the abyss. What are you up to, big boy? What if the abyss <laughs> said that to you? It'd be so weird. 
John, I want to talk about this Wuhan oven mitt. I think it's time to have another fundraiser for JBF. All right. I think the rules are as follows. You make a donation to Jasmine Beach Ferrara's campaign, and you send the receipt to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. That email is contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And by next Sunday evening, oh no, we'll do it live on the air. Next Monday during the recording of this podcast, we will pick at random through a method not yet devised. We'll pick a name at random of one of the donors and the winner will receive the iconic, oft-mentioned and controversial Wuhan oven mitt still in its plastic packaging. The seal has not yet been broken. And who knows, according to John, there could actually still be a drum machine hidden inside of this oven mitt because John said he didn't know how big drum machines are. So who knows, you'll be getting an $80 oven mitt for the cost of a donation to Jasmine Beach Ferrara. That's gonna be this week's fundraising premium. Make a donation to JBF's campaign. Send the receipt to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If we pick your name at random, you will receive via US mail this iconic oven mitt covered in white and brown triangles. John, you wanted to talk about um, some recent developments in college football. I'm going to yield the floor to my esteemed colleague, Long John Silver. I just want to say that college football has started up again, and I am totally obsessed with the home team, University of North Carolina Tar Heels, because they are ranked in the top 25. They were actually ranked in the top 10 uh, to start the season, but they lost their first game at Virginia Tech, and that was unfortunate. But since then, they have been on a tear, scoring an average of more than 14 points a quarter in their last two games against Georgia State and this past weekend, the University of Virginia Cavaliers. So I just want to say that uh, I'm loving it. Virginia is a team that's beat UNC for four years in a row. Can't stand this team for that reason. And they came to town and Carolina went up 24 to 7. And then Virginia went on a 21 to nothing, three touchdown run to take the lead at halftime. And we were all thinking, here we go again. But second half started, we came back and blew them out. And I say we, not as we, me being on the football team, but just we as me being a fan. When was this football game? Last weekend? This was Saturday night. Oh, just two nights ago. Yeah, UNC won 59 to 39. Ooh, that's a lot of points for a football game. It, yes, a ton of points. And, and UNC had a total of 699 yards on offense, which was good for the sixth most in school history. Carolina has played a lot of football games. So, yeah, to, to, to have that many yards on offense was pretty impressive. Uh, here's some other things. They averaged 10.3 yards per play, which is the third best in school history. Amazing. Yeah. On the other side, I'll point out that the UVA's quarterback, uh, he... His name is uh, Brennan Armstrong. He threw for 554 yards. Sounds like that actually, arm's pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. People must say that all the time, right? Probably, yeah. 
that's the third most in ACC history by an opposing quarterback. So that wasn't good. But uh, Carolina still ran away with it. Next week, they go to Georgia Tech, a place that has been a tough, tough place for them to play historically. And Georgia Tech this past week took Clemson down to the wire, number six Clemson. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, that is the Carolina Corner with Long John Silver. Thank you, everybody. I know we have a lot of college football fans that listen. John, if you could sum up this year's UNC Tar Heel football team in three words, what would those three words be? Fun to watch. Last call, everyone. Last call. Last call for EPM stickers. That's Election Profit Maker stickers. We have a remaining few. This is your last chance to get them. Send us an email at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if we still have any remaining, David will send them to you. If you're a Patreon. Only available to Patreon members. Sorry for the exclusivity. Don't apologize for exclusivity. It's what makes the world go round. Yeah, it's what makes our bank account go round. Oh, he said it, not me, Lord. Patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Andy writes in this week, Per David's assertion at the end of this week's show that anyone who played video games with Harry S. Truman is no longer living, this is probably true. But, he writes, there is a reasonable chance it's not true. The first modern video game, Space War, was developed in 1962 at MIT by Steve Russell in collaboration with a bunch of other people. Uh, It was created for the DEC PDP-1 microcomputer, and throughout the 1960s, dozens of these models were acquired by computer science departments across the U.S. The University of Missouri, Kansas City, located near Truman's residence for the last part of his life, may have owned such a mini-computer. If so, that creates a 10-year window between the creation of Space War and Truman's death in 1972 for the late president to have visited the campus on either official or personal business and tested space war with some graduate students or faculty. Perhaps this might have been a demonstration of then cutting-edge graphic displays that were the fruit of government-funded digital computer development programs such as ENIAC that began during Truman's administration. Four of the five individuals listed above are still living, as are numerous students, staff, and faculty at UMKC's computer science department in the late 60s and early 70s. So while it's unlikely, he concludes, that Truman ever played space war at UMKC, it's certainly not impossible. Andy, you put me in my place and I couldn't be happier about it. The next step is obvious. We need somebody to reach out to one of these co-creators of the video game Space War and find out if former President Harry S. Truman ever visited the campus and played a video game. And that would put the lie to my statement that no one who ever played a video game with Harry S. Truman is still alive. And nothing would please me more than to be corrected on this count. Thank you. John, I have something for you from Brian. Brian writes, hello, Wave Riders. John, I had a thought tonight while listening to the discussion about the alignment of city streets. Imagine the foul lines 
of all the Major League Baseball ballparks extending indefinitely. Is all of the U.S. in fair territory of at least one ballpark? In what magical locales do the foul lines intersect? Although I am a childless sociopath, I don't have time to map it out, but I bet someone could do it. Thank you, Brian. In Asheville, speaking of Jasmine Beach Ferrara and Madison Cawthorn. John, imagine the foul lines of all the Major League Baseball parks extending indefinitely across the continent. Okay. What a, what a right. thought experiment from Brian. It is. I've never thought of this. Now, I don't know that much about baseball. Um, but I, I think that there's two foul lines that go out from home plate. One, it, it, it extends all the way past first base, all the way to the outfield. And then the other one extends past third base, all the way to the outfield, right? Correct. And he's saying that they're going to extend out forever. Now, football stadiums are, are, are designed east, I mean, designed north to south because of the way the sun works. So in baseball, the orientation on, of baseball true? fields— Yes. If I had a Google satellite image of all the football fields in America, they would all be oriented the same way? Yes, as, as really? close to north-south as possible. Now, UNC oh. is an exception, and it, it is probably a little more east to west, and it's not great. Because when you're sitting on the north side, you it's extremely unpleasant. Uh, the sun just really is beating down on you. Why did they do that? Uh, it just have that was a natural ravine where they, where they built it. Now, if a football if a football stadium is indoors, you don't have to worry about this. Okay. Now, baseball has this same type of thing. Now, if you look up in in Major League Baseball, they have a rule one point oh four. It says the playing field. It is desirable that the line from home base through the pitcher's plate to second base shall run east northwest. Okay. Okay. I mean, east-northeast, excuse me. Right, that, yep. That is not the case in a lot of these stadiums. And the reason why they do that is because they want people that uh, – they don't want the, the the people that are trying to hit the ball. Those are baseball players that are doing that. Mm -hmm. to, be, to be looking directly into – The sun. Yeah. So that's – but a lot of MLB stadiums are not built that way. I thought if they were all built in that same direction, then maybe the entire – country would not be covered in fact. Right. There play. would be some dead, there would be some uh, dead spots where no foul yeah. lines would cross. Yep. But I found, uh, I just did a quick look and found actual layouts of all the stadiums and they're in all different directions. So my first thought, I did not do this. I don't know how to do this. I could do it like by printing it out and just drawing lines with a ruler. Uh, my, my first guess is that probably all of them all of the U.S. is covered. We should figure out the fewest number of Major League Baseball parks that it would that would be needed to cover the entire United States within uh, their foul lines. Right? That is very because smart, David. If yes. you had one, if you had one at the tip of Florida, the very southeastern tip of Florida, the southern tip of Florida that was oriented back up towards the rest of the country, shining on it like a massive flashlight, you could right. get it, it would done have to with be just located a handful at the, of. At, in Key right. West, you know. Right. Exactly. So this is what we need one of our listeners to do. And believe me, you will be handsomely rewarded in the afterlife if you do this. Find those major league ballparks 
I guess it has to only be major league or else you could find ballparks everywhere. It'd probably be too easy. The fewest number of major league ballparks that would cover the greatest amount of the United States within their foul lines if those lines I were projected indefinitely. I bet you could do it indefinitely. in like two or something. No, you would need like five. I don't know. Because- I have no idea. I don't know. All right. Somebody please do that know. for us. Please use your computer. Use your mind. Please do that for us. So wait a minute. Who wrote that? Brian. Brian in Asheville. Asheville, home of the uh, the minor league Asheville Tourists. The team is named the Tourists. It's it the team, the team is named Tourists. Like the team is made up of people that aren't from Asheville. Oh, interesting. Is that true? I don't I don't know if that's interesting, but it's a little interesting. Sort of weird. Yeah. I'll leave it in. I'll leave it in. All right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Thank- Oh, that's it? Yeah, I, that's can't it? Do this any, I can't do this anymore. Okay, reminder, we have this watch party Thursday, September 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, you need to be a, a Patreon member. You go to patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers, become a member, and then you can access the Discord and listen to our live commentary and actually watch the movie with us as well. But you'll have to rent the movie and watch it on your own. What we do is we sync everybody pressing play at the same time. You'll hear our audio commentary through the Discord, but you'll have to be watching the movie on your device. Okay. Election profit makers? Well, the rumors are true. It's a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell with help from Houston Snyder and Kat Iosa. You can always send your questions and comments and concerns via email to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We read them and we love them. If you want to try predicted.org, you can go to this website, www.predicted.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to 20 American dollars in matching funds. And then also you can rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Five stars only. We endeavor each week to earn your trust and your five star ratings. Yeah. So thank you for your support. I suppose that's all I have to say about that. John, it's been a pleasure as always talking to you. Yeah, you too, man. Okay, bye, John. Bye, David. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great week. Stay safe. Yeah, bye. Go Heels. Yeah, that was good. I just want to keep doing that for you. I know you love it. They call him Helicopter Tony because when he clears his throat, it sounds like a helicopter taking off. It sounds like he's going to win a Tony Award. What? What? Nothing.